welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. We want to let you know of a little trip that we took this week. Myself, along with my wife, Kathy, you've already met, and three others from the church took the pilgrimage to Mecca. No, we didn't. But we did take a flight to Sydney and went to a conference that most of you would have heard of. It's amazing how many people have heard of this church that even aren't even churchgoers or Christians. But Hillsong, which is the largest church in Australia, put on an annual conference. And uh, as a small group, we were able to go over there and a whole heap of things happened. And, and we were very, very blessed, had a whole heap of fun. And um, I thought it would be fantastic tonight. Instead of just going with what I was going to normally do, and that was just to preach, um, I thought it would be great to hear from the four traveling companions that I went with and what they got out of this particular time. But instead of just giving a bit of feedback and, you know, he said this and she said that and I liked it when they did this and I liked it when they did that, I said it'd be great for you to pick a topic and if you're struggling to pick a topic, I'll give you one for you to be able to speak on for five to ten minutes based upon the inspiration that you received during this time in Hillsong. And hopefully at the end of all this, one, we'll have a little bit of an idea of what happened last week, and two, that we will go away fed, having heard the Word of God in some shape, form, or another. How does that sound? At least that's the plan. And uh, if, if uh, it all falls flat and nothing happens and it's an absolute bomb, we'll put it down to experience. How does that sound? But because I'm getting four people up here, and for the majority of them, they're not used to public speaking, they haven't done a lot of it, I want you to encourage them, okay? I want you to help them. I want you to bring out the best in them tonight, okay? So as they're sharing their hearts out, I want you to share your hearts out right back at them and uh, say yes. Everyone say yes. yes. Say amen. amen. Say good point. Good point. Say I like that. Say, wow, that's awesome. Say, why hasn't Tony asked you to preach before? That's the kind of thing that we need to happen tonight. Okay. Yeah, all right. And so I've mentioned already, we've got four people. And uh, in no particular order, I'm going to ask. And as I ask this person to come to the front, I want you to stand with me and put your hands together for one Barbara Gerber. Thanks. Thanks very much for that. I, knew, I actually knew this was going to happen. Cool. But you might not be saying that when I'm finished, all right? You can say, I understand why I didn't ask you to preach before. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you something. This week was great. 
tiring. You know, I've, I honestly can give Funi and Wang Wang a run for their money. I have got black rings around my eyes. That's all I can say. <laughs> Lots of makeup. Um, I, yeah, it was tiring, but just a very, very good week. And um, you know what? Kath was talking about um, our conference that we got coming up, Women's Conference. And I just want to say, I mean, I know it's not a transit in a train for an hour there and an hour back, but conference doesn't start when the speaker starts or when the music begins. You know, we had so much fun just chatting, laughing, getting to know each other. Honestly, the stuff that we get up to, and like Tony said, what happens in the train stays in the train. Um, yeah, some of the things that he did will definitely stay in the train. All right. Um, Um, just also besides that, you know, just about Hillsong, they are just a fantastic church, but this is not about their church. I've never attended Hillsong Church. This is about their conference. And, um, you know, one of the highlights for me, and this might just sound very funny, but there was an Indian guy by the name of Butter Chicken. Right, that's what they called him anyway. I doubt that he he was actually named Butter Chicken. I was calling him Butterfish all the time. But anyway, um, now you you know you see the stage, the shape of the stage. They actually had it very differently. They didn't have a stage like this on one side. They did a big cross in the middle of the whole big um, Acer Arena, so it was massive. And I'm just going to share this very quick story. I mean, you guys might not think it's as funny, but seriously, I, have, I never laughed that much. This guy came out every day, that little skit before, you know, not a little thing, it was actually a big thing, but basically he was an, a little Indian guy in a black and a gold leotard, seriously. And he thought he was um, a gymnast, and he did this run from the one end basically to the other end, and then he did a back, we did a flip, and he landed on his back. I mean, it wasn't meant to be, but he just did it. And Tony and I just thought it was so funny. I mean, the poor guy, he was probably in hospital. But, you know, that's one of many things that went on there. <laughs> but anyway, seriously, um, I just want to let you know, I, uh, I'm going to apologize up front. I've done notes, and I don't want to – I'm going to go with my notes because I don't want to miss out anything. This is just something from my heart that I've written down, so – I'm apologizing up front if it's more of a read than what it is from memory, all right. Um, but anyway, I just want to start off with like saying the Yieldsong Conference was great. I mean, when I think back to what I saw there, um, the word I would use to actually sum it all up was life. I mean, there was just so much life from the people, the volunteers, the um, the preaching, for me, the praise and worship was really, really good. Um, it, it was just, there was just life. You could sense it. You could feel it. And one of the things I just want to say, you know, it doesn't matter where it is, where the life is. It, you know, life here or us as people, if we've got life in us, you know, somebody can come along who they're at the end of, of, their, uh, you know, of their line. They just feel like everything's hopeless. But you, you come into contact with life, and that brings hope. And um, I just felt in that conference there was life. And if I can sum it up in that word, that's what I wanted to say, you know. Um, I was also very encouraged by what Hillsong is doing in and um, with the community, and um, every day we got to watch a video, like video footage, as well as actually hear in person from people that have had their lives changed. Um, I mean, I know, and we all know that it's God who changes our lives, 
But what they brought for, you know, people are very instrumental in changing lives. God uses us as instruments. And so we give glory to God, but Hillsong really did it in a good way. And they interviewed this one guy, and we didn't only hear about the person whose life changed, but we actually got to hear from the person who helped that life change. And, you know, this one, I'll give you an example. We had... Um, this one guy, he, I'll start at the beginning very quickly. There was, um, in the church, they decided to go and um, ask the prisons, the prison service, what can we do as a church to help you? And basically, this woman said, you know what? She went away, she thought about it, she came back and she said, I just want to let you know, we need somebody to pick up these guys, because I think they were maybe in like the center before you get released, the pre-release center. We need them to be connected to people, to church. We need somebody, actually all we need is somebody to pick them up, bring them to church. So you know what? Over a period of time, they got a group of guys who volunteered. They put up their hands, went to pick up these guys every Sunday, brought them to church. And they had this one guy, I mean, he would have been early 20s. And he was on the stage with um, the guy that, wa- that picked him up every Sunday and then the woman who was actually part of the prison man- um, service. And um, they interviewed him and he was a drug addict from young, just addicted to drugs. And in actual fact, he said that it was the best place for him to be was in prison because he had to change his life. And he just thanked this guy for picking him up every day, every Sunday. And actually, he became a mentor to him, you know. And this guy's life was changed. And yeah, just really, really awesome. And um, he basically joined a Christian rehabilitation center. And he's part of Hillsong now. Um, all right. Um, Um, the other thing we, that, that we also, we heard some very sad stories as well about people who were abused as young kids, a guy who almost lost his family, you know, due to alcohol addiction, a story about abandonment, and, you know, the stories just went on. There was no shortage of sad stories. But you know what? There's just joy at the end of it, you know, and rejoicing. And like I said before, Yilsung had a wonderful way of presenting their stories. But one thing that stood out the most was that all these people now serve God. And um, they didn't stop at the point when they were healed. They didn't stop at that point. But they themselves went on to help others in need. And um, Brian Houston, you know, the lead elder of Hillsong, spoke about often, often through the conference about momentum. And without momentum, we just grow stale, you know. And um, it was just awesome to hear out of these people's mouths, these words, you know, I was healed and now I'm helping others. And so it's not about them anymore. It's about the next person that needs to feel God or to have God's love revealed to them. Um, we also heard about the sexually abused guy who went on to start Free to Be Kids, which we are actually um, working with into India. We heard about the alcoholic who became a social worker, the abandoned and abused child who now is an adult works with prostitutes and sex slaves, and so I could go on with these stories. Um, I just wanted, there was one scripture that they, um, I would say would have been the center scripture for the whole conference. And that was in Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3. And I think a lot of us know it, but I just want to read it. Um, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from dark foot 
from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You know, Hillsong Church, they don't exist for themselves, um, but for the unsaved out there. And, you know, who is Hillsong Church? It's the individual people who make up that body. You know, sitting there admiring what other churches do is not what the conference was for me. It was about bringing something back here and implementing it here in Victory. Um, It's about thinking how can we do this in our setup. I've also realized that it's not always about doing the big things. It starts with the little things. Um, I don't know if you guys are even aware, you know, in our church right now, we've got Sally Graham, for example. She is working in the prison. She's connected to prison ministry. And I know that we've got, she's got families who, um, the, the, somebody in their family is in prison, all right? And they, she's once said, you know, she, if only we could get them to church, the families. And but she needs people to bring them. They often can't get you. You know, maybe there's something we can say, Sally, what can we do? You know, what can we do to help? So it's already here. These opportunities are already here. Um, and that scripture in Isaiah is just not for those who are called to be counselors and pastors, but to every believer out there. It doesn't matter what small thing we do for others. It is helping to break a chain that is holding somebody captive. And, you know, I read in a book just recently that it is a display of love, not perfection, that will move people. Um, To close off, and this is not something that I learned at Hillsong Conference, but this is actually my own experience. Um, My natural tendency and gifting would be counseling and pastoral and and shepherding, which is people. Um, But you know what? Even with that gift on my life, and, you know, you'd think I would just naturally love people, but... Do you know that that isn't the case? I found that I have to ask God to help me love people. And I just have to pray about that. You know, please, Lord, help me truly love people. It is through God's love that we are able to love others. And you know what? It's not so much about us wanting it as God actually commanding it. Thank you, Wang Wang. Or are you Funi? Okay, I don't know. They both just sleep and do nothing, really. Did you enjoy that? You were great. For those of you who don't know, Barb's the secretary here at the church. She's a personal assistant to me, and we had a fantastic time away. And uh, she's right, she, she's a lover of people. She really does love people. I tease her a lot about her little idiosyncrasies, which I do just because I get bored and I want to have fun so but uh, you know her heart for people is evident and uh, I know their home is like a halfway house they've always got people around which is fantastic and uh, I just want to you know encourage you to uh, I don't know what that was but anyway <laughs> but I want to encourage you as a church to be a lover of people you know there is many many things that we as a church are doing to help the people in our community. 
And uh, I think part of us understating what we do as a church is part of that. You'd be amazed if, if you knew all the things and all the meals and all the visitations that are taking place in this church. But can I just say this? There's so much more we can do. And one thing I tire of is people who get bored with church because we're not doing anything. And then they go off as little vigilantes with their little groups trying to set up things. But actually, that could be attached to the church. And instead of the little individuals getting the glory, we could get the glory given straight to God. And so if you're sitting back thinking, man, as a church, we could do a lot more to our community or whatever. You're right. But put up your hand and get involved. And then guess what? We as a church will be doing much more into our community. I really do believe that. Excellent. Well, that was, that was um, Hillsong according to Barbara Gerber. Would you please stand to your feet one more time as we welcome our resident worship director slash all-round good guy, Mr. Ben Otten. Keep it going, keep it going, come on. <laughs> hey, uh, I just wanted to say something. There's a few people in this room that would have seen my journey from uh, when I became a Christian at the age of 17 uh, through to this point, and I'm sure they're having a, a bit of a chuckle to them right now. Uh, I, <laughs> I was the dude who sat in the back row uh, or, you know, kind of wherever and, and mocked the preacher, uh, tried to start riots, uh, you know, just, just general chit-chat, throw things, uh, and, and this is what I want to say to, to you young people, um, is, is watch what you say, because I, I believe that, that, uh, that I made myself a target. God's like, oh, you got something to say in church? Cool, I'll give you something to say. Uh, and, 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 I, and I believe that's the same for you guys, you know. So if uh, you're, you're like me, uh, maybe think twice before you, before you start speaking in, in church like that, because God might, uh, you know, within a few blinks, bring you up here and, and do that. Um, I, want to, I want to speak uh, on a subject of leadership. Uh, from Hillsong, but not quoting Hillsong. I want to try and talk to you about it from my journey. Uh, and just to, to, to fill you in a little bit, I'm in uh, 60 seconds or two minutes, I might try and give you my uh, testimony. Um, I, was a, uh, I grew up in a family that mum and dad divorced at the age of two, uh, and my stepfather was an alcoholic. And uh, I, I suffered, you know, in that it's a story that you know is repeated so many times and and there, there was the usual abuse not so much physical abuse more more uh emotional and 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 words that cut uh which is probably the worst type i'd take a beating over some of the stuff perhaps that that was installed in me in 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 a, in a verbal way um so i i kind of hit my teenage years and and i was a i was a, a t- uh, you know like a punk who was angry who uh who lacked self-control who was short-tempered um I'm kind of giving Jeff a lot of credibility for letting me marry his wife at a, at a really young... I'm sorry, marry his daughter at a young age. Yo! It's not that kind of church. Um, either way, uh, at the age of 17, I ran into this dude, and, and, and we played music together, and we played in bands, and, 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 and I, I grew to really appreciate his friendship, and, and there was something different about him, and, and he, he didn't hold back in, in talking about it being church and God, but, but I guess I had to discover that for myself, and, and I kind of did. I was ready for it at that age. I was, I'd kind of sought a few things, and, and I was ready to give my life, uh, and I did. Uh, from the age of 17 through to probably around 27, I'm only 32 now, uh, I spent a decade uh, searching and, and trying to find who I was, 
um, and, and kind of went through this crazy journey of ups and downs. Just in that, I was married at the age of 20. Uh, uh, and so I remember when I asked Elisa to marry me, and uh, Jeff went, but you're so young. Uh, I wouldn't have answered that way. I would have said, no, <laughs> grow up and then marry her. <laughs> um, but, he, but they did uh, let, me, let me marry Elise. And, and so we went on this journey, and, and there was ups and there was downs. Uh, to tell you the truth, probably more downs than ups, really. Uh, and the, the thing that I love is that I always had a sense that God had me captured. I could never run from him. I could do the most craziest. I wanted to run from him. I wanted to get away, but, but he, he, he just had me captured, um, which, is, uh, which I guess is why I'm sold out, because I, I, I love that. Um, I, that, that, though, didn't actually land me in a local church, uh, you know, wholly and solely planted uh, in submission to leadership and, uh, and, and, and all the rest. Um, and I guess what I love about leadership is, is that that's what brought me into church. There, was, uh, there were men, uh, three men in particular, that have taken time out of their lives uh, to speak into, into my life, to, to um, model an example, to, to go, here's what it can be like. I know you haven't seen it like this, but this is what it can be like. Come and follow this. Uh, so I love leadership. I, I, like I, I just, I've, I've learned to love it. Um, and I've written down a few things that I love about it. I love leaders, godly leadership, people who know God who love him, who hear his voice, people that are passionate about building and protecting the local church, uh, people who fear God more than they fear man, uh, people that have a clear vision and declare it loud and proud, uh, people who are willing to pay whatever price it costs to see it happen. I love godly leadership, people who are uh, out of their love for God, uh, who are, are compelled to love others, who serve and offer their time freely, have credibility and integ- integrity. They're the same people when they get home, uh, behind closed doors as they are up front. Um, uh, people who stand where no one else will stand. People who motivate, encourage, and envision those around them. Ultimately, people who take time out of their lives to, to speak into you know, punks like me and, 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 uh, and, and all of us. Um, so who, who, are the, who, who, are these, who are these people really? Leaders? Like what qualifies you to become a leader? Um, well, I guess you just got to influence somebody. You know, you, 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 you act in a way and somebody else changes their behavior to become like you. Suddenly, you're, you're a leader. So really, the, the leaders are, are all of us. We're, we, all, um, we, we all just need to say yes to the things that I've just spoken about. And that, and that qualifies us. Along the way, though, I've learned that it's not like it is that, but then there's more. <laughs> um, I love that about God. He just kind of gives you a sneak preview and you kind of go, I'm in. And then you're like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> no turn it back now. Um, and so I just want to quickly bring three essential traits of a godly leader. Now, there's heaps, uh, but I just want to talk about three. Uh, number one, people who know God, people who love God. Uh, A.W. Tozer says the most important thing about a man is what comes into his mind when he thinks about God. Uh, it freaks me out that I could possibly worship something that I think is God that's not actually God. And reality is that we all do it, and we probably will we'll all do it uh, to the end of our days, because how can you... Uh, describe the indescribable? How can you think of that that can't be thought about? Uh, anything that, is, that, that we can use to describe God is, is what we've seen, and that's creation, which is not God. And so it, it's, it's, a, it's kind of like you get yourself wrapped around trying to, uh, try, trying to think about Him. Uh, I guess uh, God being a father, uh, it's really easy to, to take what your father experience is like and, and, and kind of view God that way, and I certainly did that. I was a young punk that I, I really felt like I couldn't please uh, my stepdad. Uh, reality is there's probably times where I pleased him, but 
it's funny, you only, I only tended to remember the bad things, unfortunately. Um, and, uh, you know, so I remember uh, my stepdad as a, as a guy that I was be like, Dad, Dad, no, no, not good enough. Not, you know, not, not, not pleasing. Um, but this is the beautiful thing. Like, I could, I could take that into my relationship with God uh, and, and think that way. Uh, and, I, and to tell you the truth, I did. But that's not God. I can worship that image going, oh, I, God, God's, uh, I, can't, I can't please you. But reality is that, that, that when I was saved, I'm saved uh, into a relationship with God through Christ. I'm seen by God uh, in Christ. Uh, and check out what, what uh, the Bible says about uh, what God says about Christ and ultimately me. Matthew 3.17 says, When Jesus was being baptized, the Spirit of God descended in the form of a dove and a voice came from heaven. It says, This is my Son, whom I love. With Him I'm well pleased. And so, you know, w- knowing that piece of information just just completely changes everything for me. I'm like, I'm, I'm, uh, there's a God who, who is pleased with, with, you know, with me. Uh, and I grew up in a circumstance where that wasn't, wasn't the case. So at the end of the day, if we don't take time to know God, and, uh, then, then how can we possibly, A, uh, love Him, uh, but ultimately it, it, it falls us short in, in, in our worship, uh, and, and it, it brings a lack of power, I believe. Um, either way, a godly leader... Um, knows God, and loves God. This is what I would say to you guys. I would say, uh, if you haven't read The Knowledge of the Holy by, by Tozer, I, I would encourage you guys to go out and get it. Um, the church doesn't need people talking the talk. People, uh, the, uh, the world needs a church who know Him. Uh, and through knowing Him, they love Him. Uh, it's, it's, it's through that that you can actually stand in worship and go, God, I, I, I've had a revelation of you. Um, and, it's, and, it's, and it freaks me out that I possibly will get to the end of my life and, and not, and not uh, venture any further down that path. Um, so know him and love him. Uh, number two is people who submit uh, to God and to those he, he is appointed to lead. Uh, and someone at Hillsong said this. I, I, I can't remember who it was. Submission, I think it was Andy Stanley. Submission is not weak. Uh, it actually takes strength. Uh, and, and what I love about it is it leaves you in a position where you're, where you're moldable. If you, if you actually submit yourself to, to godly leaders, it leaves you in a position where they can speak into your life. They can, they can, they can uh, bring stuff out of you that, that uh, perhaps you don't even know you've got inside you. And, and what I love about uh, my journey here at Victory is uh, once I was sold that there was godly leadership, uh, I remember sitting down with Tone and I said to him, bro, I'll say yes, whatever you are going to throw my way? The answer is yes. Um, and I said that on the presumption that, that of what I'd seen in that he is a praying man, uh, he's a, is a man that I believe is godly, uh, that has my best as he, as he uh, directs me. Um, and I'll tell you, the, the, the fruit that has come out of that, I've been everything but bored. <laughs> I've been stretched. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been run ragged. I've been uh, loved. I've been nurtured. I've been... Uh, I've been angry, I've been mad, sad, glad, happy, flipping, all, all of it. Um, but ultimately, by, by, by me, uh, you know, just kind of being in that position of, of submission, all of these things I didn't know have in me. Like, like I said at the start, I would have been the last person who would have got up and, and spoke to a bunch of people about, about uh, you know, God and, and anything, to tell you the truth. I was always the dude who, who, would, who would, you know, line them up with a spitball. Um, so say yes. Um, put yourself in a position where, where, where you can be moldable. It's, you're, you're, ultimately, you're, you're useless. There is, do you know what? There is nobody who is not in submission to somebody. 
because uh, you, you can think, oh, well, they'll just lord it over me. It's just a, uh, you know, like a, I'm the boss of you kind of thing. This is what I've found out when I've said yes to, to, to uh, I guess, coming on eldership. It, it actually freaked me out because I thought to myself, there's a different level of judgment that will come into my life when I get to heaven. Uh, someone who comes into heaven who's been led by somebody will, will be judged accord, according to that. But those who, who say yes to leading people, let me tell you, there's a fear of God in, in the decisions that, that I'd, I'd make over anyone that, that you know, I've been privileged to lead. Um, and so it's not, I don't think it's a case with a godly leader that you, you need to be fearful of someone lording it o- over you. My, my experience is it's everything but that, that the person takes way more time to, to come to a conclusion. Uh, number three, people who serve. Uh, why? Because Jesus was a servant. Matthew 20, uh, 26 to 28 says, The Son of Man uh, did not come to be served, but to serve, uh, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, Jesus was the best leader there was. There's no better example uh, of a man who served, uh, sorry, who, who was a, a better leader, and this man was a servant. Um, and here it is, like, uh, at some stage you learn that it's not about you. And I, I, it was about me for ages. And to tell you the truth, it, it, it still is in the natural. It's only when I get slapped around that, that uh, by God, that is, that, um, that, that I get the revelation that, that it's just not about me. Um, check it out. I want to give you an example of people who serve. There's a team of, of, of guys that, that uh, love to play music and love God that, that serve this church every week in, in providing worship and uh, or leading us in worship. And, and you've got to know the time and the effort that goes into that. It's, it's anything but the cool, glorious thing that you see up here on a, on a, on a Sunday. Uh, and I don't want to put anyone off for joining the team because it's cool and come along. But, uh, but we pay a price, man. And, and, and we, we rock up and, and we, we spend time during the week picking songs, learning songs. We get together every week and we rehearse. We rock up. I get up at 6 a.m. on a Sunday, get here at 7.30, uh, you know, freezing, turn on the heaters, gather around. Um, we, we rehearse, we practice, we play, uh, we, we give it our all. We come back at 4.30 in the afternoon, do it all again. Uh, go home spent. That's, uh, that's uh, my, my Sundays. Uh, and... <laughs> And I love that you clap, because it's hard work. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, there's a reward in it. Um, the reward is that we're following Jesus' example to serve. And what we're seeing is a whole bunch of people who come every week, who get to enter in, because we, we strike up a chord and, and play it loud and proud. And, uh, you know, the, the fruit of it is that we see lives transformed. We see people uh, molded uh, in worship. We see, we see healing. We see restoration of marriages. It's where people uh, can take their eyes off themselves and look at God and, and seek, seek an answer, you know. Um, and, and so serving, when you make it about other people, when you make your life about other people and you, you get outside of yourself, you can see fruit uh, and you can sow and, and, and sow into people's lives. Godly, godly leaders uh, invest into others through leading by example. They serve. Uh, so that are my three little snippets. I want to leave you with this little nugget. Um, it's uh, just a little, a little quote by Phil Pringle. It says, Great leadership alights on the shoulders, not of those who desire to lord it over others, but on those who assume the responsibility of doing whatever needs to be done to get the job done. It lights on those who serve quickly, those who want to help others get uh, where they want to go, and those who dream of beating the odds and achieving the dream. Uh, that's from me. Uh, that's it from me.
And I just want to say, love, love leadership, desire it, and, and go for it. Uh, influence others uh, and, and be godly. I could listen to you for another half an hour. That was fantastic. Sitting up here, listening to Benno and Barb and others that are about to share is a, is a real thrill of mine. Because we named our church Victory Church for a reason. And that is that people might live in victory. Before we plan this, I just got so sick and tired of Christians living so lukewarm and average. And it's not, it's not, the, it's not the God I read about in the Bible. And, and I thank God, I know this is like a, a term people use of a lot of churches, we're a hospital church, and I get the sentiment behind being a hospital church that you're there to help people and care for them and nurture them, but you know what, if I look at a hospital in the natural, okay, so you get healed, and, but what after that? And, and I, I feel that that's where we as a church come into our own, we, we can take people to another level, and um, I, I want to say this, I'm not a perfect man. But I do think I'm a good leader in that I can see things that are not as though they ought to be and can be. And I saw Benno doing what he did tonight. When he first came to, I saw this guy, I thought he could be doing this. I just saw it. When everyone else saw his pimples or his whatever it is, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's one guy I know who's never had a pimple in his life. He's just blessed like that. But, but I, I say that to say this, to better hear Benno and see Benno do what he's done today thrills me, as I know it must Jeff and Glenda. Yeah. And uh, I want to say, if, if I've ever come up to you and say, I, I, man, I think you could do something, don't get around others who'll talk you out of it. Yeah. One thing Benno has done is, is in his weakness and in his moments of feeling, I don't get this, he's just literally, quite literally entrusted himself to me and a couple of other guys and said, because you believe it, I'm going to go with it. But he could have got around a whole, whole heap of hospital mentality people who would have loved him, but loved him out of doing what he did tonight. I do want to love you, but I want to love you into something, not out of something. And there's a whole heap of people that will love you out of something. They will love you quite literally to death. But I want to love you into life. Love you into leadership. Love you into success. You know, I, I think about Sammy and uh, how she's come to us. And I thank God for those that have been involved in her life and getting her to a certain place. But I love to be able to grab a girl like that and bring her into something. And I see her, she's a preacher's preacher. I'm telling you, she will be up here preaching. And, it, and don't, don't be surprised because that's on her life. And so I could go through many, many others in this church. And so you can treat me as a schmuck or you can ignore myself or other leaders in this church. Or you can say, actually, mate, mate, they've got some runs on the board. And just go with it no matter what you feel. And to see Benno do what he's done today, I know he's had to overcome a whole heap of internal fears and thoughts and everything else. But he's done it. And, and this is just the beginning of what we saw tonight. So well done, mate. That was awesome. And now I'm going to invite a, a young lady who's married to the man who just spoke. And I think she's a little bit more in love with him tonight. I think uh, if there's one thing I know about, if there's one thing I know about ladies, they love a strong man, someone who can lead and care for them. And I think, Benno, you're going to be a lucky man tonight. Um, (laughs) Point number four. But I'd love you to stand your feet and welcome Elise Ottens to the platform.
I'm not going to sing. Um, I agree. Um, Benno has come through an amazing transformation and he's a strong leader, which at times I'm fighting. But um, I just remember years and years ago, he would say to me, man, why does everyone want to be a leader? Let's just have some people that will serve. I so don't want to be a leader. So don't want to be a leader. And the ironic thing about it is he's, he's got a strong leadership gift on his life. And, and I'm so grateful to this church for bringing that to the fore. The other thing I want to say is thank you, Barb's, um, for being such a great servant over the week. Barb's made our lunch every day for us. She was such a mum. And in all the gratitude we had towards her, we made her sleep on the couch. So I apologise that. I apologise to you, Bubs, for that. Um, but yeah, it was a great weekend. I'm going to talk tonight about worship, which I'm sure is a surprise. Um, and, you know, Tony spoke about worship this morning, but I just want to put a, a bit of a different spin on it. Hillsong Church, as you would be well aware, is probably um, known most for their worship music. Um, if you talk to people overseas about Hillsong, they would say, oh, yeah, that's that, you know, that worship band or that's that place that puts on that worship conference. Um, But the thing that a lot of people that haven't been to Hillsong possibly don't um, understand or are aware of is the great spirit of worship that's in that place. Not just the church, but the conference. And it's not just a style, it's not just a sound, but there's there's a tangible spirit or atmosphere or fragrance, if you will, when you're in that place, um, it's just so thick that no matter what happens, you just feel this. And Barb's described it as life. Um, and, and my spin on it is that it's a spirit of worship that I really appreciate. So when I go um, to those kind of conferences, I watch really intently how they conduct themselves. And I, um, I ask myself, how can I bring that spirit back into our church context? And how can I um, attach that spirit to my life and encourage it in the lives of those around me? And I came up with three things, love, obedience, and sacrifice. Um, when you think about love, you know, we talk about loving God and loving people. And I know that's um, a real catch cry of Hillsong. And I know it's the heartbeat of this church as well. Um, but I think the more I uh, go on a journey of um, searching out who God is, the more I come to the conclusion that I've got no idea who God is. And that I'm not, like Benno said, the more you, um, you try and understand God, the more you actually realize that, that you don't understand all that God is. But I think that's a, it's a beautiful thing because it, it is a God that, um, you know, we can't describe. He's more powerful. He's more holy. He's more wise than we could ever imagine. Um, but I know that, um, you know, as I search for the heart of God, I'm going to get um, more eyes to see how he sees the people around us. Then when you think about obedience, um, the Bible, it tells us, God tells us, this is how I want you to live life and this is how you can live life well. But why do we struggle with it so much? And we heard um, during the week um, through uh, James 4.1, it tells us that the reason we struggle with it so much is basically because we're selfish. We want our own way. And I know for me, that's something that, um, you know, is a daily struggle. I want to do my own things, but at the end of the day, I need to be in submission to what God has for my life. I need to be obedient to what he's calling me to do. I need to get out of my comfort zone to go and get alongside those people um, that become in my life that might be uncomfortable. I need to be more generous even when my budget is getting tighter. I need to serve the church even when I don't feel like it. And Benno inferred that we are getting up very early 
to serve the church, but it's something that God's called me to do. And so I'm being obedient to him in doing that. And when I do all these things, when I'm obedient to what God has asked me to do, that brings a great spirit of worship. That brings a great fragrance into the house. So as people come into this place, empty, um, hurt, broken, they're going to feel that life that Barb's talked about. They're going to, they're going to, like that lady that spoke to Tony this morning, they're going to say there's something different in this place. And I believe that's a spirit of worship that comes when we are obedient to what God asks us to do. The next thing, sacrifice. I love David's statement in the Bible where he says, I will not offer the Lord anything that has cost me nothing. And I think um, so often we can um, just come in to church, you know, it starts at 10. I'm probably, this isn't me, this is other people. You know, I'm probably up at eight o'clock. So to get to church at 10 is kind of pretty easy, especially if you don't have kids. Um, And, you know, I kind of like this style of music, so it's easy for me to get into it. There's no sacrifice attached to worship. Uh, It doesn't have the same impact. And I believe the greatest fragrance of worship comes when the greatest cost is associated. I know that the times that we've had to press in, the times that we've had to sacrifice a lot to get here, is often when the breakthrough comes. Is often when we see, um, you know, the greatest atmosphere, the greatest um, sense of joy and excitement. I often get um, lots of compliments on, you know, you sang really well today or you let us worship him well today. But it's not often that people would say, thank you for being here at 7.30. Thank you for setting your alarm clock at 5.30 in the morning. Thank you for, um, you know, spending money on musical equipment when you could have spent it on, you know, a new wardrobe. Thank you for um, uh, not going to parties on a Saturday night or giving up, you know, some of the pleasures of life that we've had to give up to serve the way we have. But at the end of the day, I count it a privilege because Jesus gave the biggest sacrifice in his life and it's the least that I can do to bring the sacrifice that I bring and the rest of our team brings on a weekly basis. And we love you guys and we love to serve you in worship and we will do no matter how many I dare you to engage me in worship faces that we get as we stand up here. Because that's what God's called us to do. So we love God. We love people. We want to be obedient to what he's asked us to do. And we want to offer a sacrifice of praise every time we come. You know, we spoke about Benno before and the strong leadership gift. And, uh, and we took a risk in bringing Benno onto our eldership team. You know, there was one or two people a little bit concerned about that. He was one, I was the other. But you know what got him over the line for me? Elise. And I have told him that pretty much every day of his life. I said, if there's one thing that qualified him for leadership and eldership in this church for such a time as this was his wife. And I think, uh, based on what we saw tonight, you'll know where I'm coming from. She's small in stature, but she's incredibly strong. She's incredibly balanced. She's incredibly secure. And I love her to death, as I know Benno does. And, and uh, you know, I want to say this, that probably the worst thing you can do, probably the biggest irreversible mistake is marry the wrong person. And uh, Benno, you married up. That was amazing, Elise. What you shared was so sweet. And, and, and she was telling us off. 
but you wouldn't even know it's your so sweet. And no matter how much you defy us with your faces that say, I will not worship, we're going to serve you anyway. That was, like, that was like a slap in the face. But it felt like, do it again. That was awesome. Fantastic. I did ask one other person to be prepared to speak and I said, I don't know how long the others are going to share, um, but because we get to hear from Kath often, I thought I'll leave her till the end and that way if we don't need to hear from her, um, we won't. We are all but out of time because time has flown. I don't know if you realise that. But I thought it might be good if maybe you could just give a two or three minute cameo of, of, of a highlight as opposed to what you were going to do because you spoke last week, didn't you? And everyone loves hearing from you, I'm sure. But uh, can we just stand our feet one more time and welcome Kath as she comes and shares. That'd be great. So I'm just getting my instructions. It's cool. Um, two minutes, easy. I don't need my notes. I was actually going to come and talk about submission. So when Ben Lay started, I was like, cool. And if he keeps going, I won't have to. And then he mentioned it. Um, but I suppose when I look at Hillsong Conference and I see a caliber of men who in their own right could lead their own work and yet here they are in submission to a man and a woman and a vision for doing other things. And I think that that's what I get out of it. And I know when you say, see, because submission's such a dirty word. When you say it, I know instantly that there's people sitting here who the hair on your back of your neck instantly stands up. Because what happens is we uh, modify, we make submission and we think subservient. And see, submission is to yield yourself and your will to another. Whereas subservient is to be lesser of. So we think, so you say submission, we go, oh, that means that I'm, because I'm lesser than you, I'm not as important as you, then I've got to serve. Whereas um, submission is, you know what? I'm equal. Because again, this, and you get this issue with men and women. And so people, you know, you get the women's libbers, of which I was raised one. Okay, in terms of under a strong mother who, um, you know, wimpy men around. So I know what it's like to be a strong woman. And so you want to be strong, but the desire of a woman's heart is to be led. She doesn't want to be subservient. But when you look at the Bible, that's not what the Bible's talking about. The Bible's talking about we are made equal in rank and privilege. We just have different functions. And so I submit as a woman to a man because not because I'm of lesser importance to him, but because my function's different. We function different in a different role and I can be led by him. Why? Because I submit. And what is submission? It's simply yielding my will to another. So when I'm standing at Hillsong Conference and I see men of amazing caliber in their own right could probably build something as big as Hillsong by themselves, yet they submit. They're yielding their will to uh, another man because it's, it's an act of submission. And I just, I suppose what I wanted to say was um, the greatest example we see of that is Jesus in, I think it's Matthew 29, I wrote down, Matthew 26, verse 39. It's basically when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we all know the scripture where he says, God, if it could be done, take this cup from me. He's talking about the fact that he knows he has to go to the cross. And what he's saying is, God, I mean, he's not like, yeah, I really want to do this. So, hey, yeah, come on, let's go. He's like, you know what, if there's any other way to do this, can we please find it? Can we do it like now? 
But at the end of the day, Father, not my will, but yours be done. A great picture of submission. And I just want to encourage you that um, it's not about us. It really isn't about us. So many times when you're sitting with people and you're hearing them talk and they're saying, oh, this problem or this issue and this is what I'm struggling with, I have to say, you know what, honey, or you know what, this is an issue of submission. You're still trying to lead your life. And if we've said, Jesus, come be Lord and master of my life, we then can't kick him off the throne when we don't agree with what he's asking us to do. And I keep thinking of that scripture in... um, James 4.7, because again, dealing with people and people come to you and go, you know what, I've been struggling with this area. I've been struggling with this issue. This is what I'm doing. I'm resisting God. And they said, but the devil isn't fleeing from me. And you know what? You forget the first bit. It says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And we're so good at going, no, but I'm resisting, I'm resisting, I'm doing what I can. And I'm saying, but honey, you haven't submitted. You still like the party lifestyle. And then you wonder, why do I fall into that trip? Uh, young man, you know, but I, I tried not to go that far with her. But it's like, again, you haven't submitted. It's about, I'm trying to resist, I'm trying to resist. It's like, no, if you just submitted. And we've had a whole series from Tony about um, go and the holy, holy series. It's about relationship. It's not, I'm doing this out of rules and regulations. I submit to my husband husband, not because I married him, but because I understand the plan and purpose of God. I understand his function. I know my function and my submission isn't an act of weakness. It's actually an act of strength. I think that's what Benno said, just about to go, you know what? I yield my will, my desires, my purpose, what I want to do to you. And not because, and here's a great example, and I've gone longer than two minutes, so I'm not submitting right now. A great example is Submission is not agreement. Everyone thinks submission is agreement. You know, it's really easy for me to submit to Tony when we're talking about let's go on holiday and we both want to go to Queensland. But it's not so easy when he really, really, really wants to go to Queensland, but I want to go to the snow. Now, I know you might be sitting there going, hey, I'd just like a holiday. But I'm just trying to, the point being that it's not agreement. Oh, we're both happy. Submission is when I really do not want to do that. But I'm doing it because I understand submissions about submitting my will, yielding myself to that thing. So for me, Hillsong was all about submission. Great. <laughs> that was great. You're amazing, honey. Isn't she awesome? Isn't she beautiful? <laughs> Me and you, Benno. We've had Barb talking about people and the love for people, how we can get involved in people's lives, just doing the small things. There is enough initiatives in this church already for you to put your hand up and get involved without even starting any more. But if you want to start some more, fantastic, but loving people. Benno and his talk about leadership, loving leadership, and Elise with worship and, and what that's all about. And then this whole area of submission. As our musicians come this evening, that'd be great. Can we just take this moment just to reflect upon some of the things that have been shared today? When Kath was talking about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see an incredible picture of where victories are won. Jesus never won the victory on the cross. 
In other words, you don't win the victory in the heat of battle. Jesus won the victory in the Garden of Gethsemane where he yielded his life to God. You don't win the battle when it comes to staying pure and a virgin, when you're lying naked in your bed with a person of the opposite. That's not where you win the battle. You win the battle in the cold light of day, not the heat of night, where you make a decision that I will surrender my life to you. Kath, and I think it's 11 other girls are going to India. And she, Kath, along with the other girls, will have an incredible time and some incredible stories will take place over that time. And Kath will overcome some fears and overcome some thoughts that, you know, that conjure up when she thinks about India. But the battle for Kath has been won when she surrendered to the call of God. See, in the natural, I know Kath doesn't want to go to India. You know, India, Bali. <laughs> Bali, India. But there's something of, of God on this trip for her. And she's married to a guy in me who said, I, I think you should go. And so she surrendered and she submitted a life. And, and I'm not going to say every moment will be easy, but the battle is always one where you surrender. And if you can't surrender in a moment like this, in this incredible environment of faith and this safe environment, You're not going to do it when the heat's on. For Lee and for Judy and for Jenny and for Kelly this morning and tonight being in church, having lost a husband and having lost a father and and for the grandkids, having lost a poppy, but being here. I'm sure if I was to push and ask, do you really want to be here? Possibly part of them would say, not really. Because when you're under pressure, the the temptation is just to withdraw, but they know they can't. They know this is a time just to make their stand. But the victory isn't one in them being here tonight. The victory was one when they made a decision to follow Christ, no matter what, no matter where. They said, I'll follow you, Jesus, and I'll love you, Lord. And that was when dad was doing well and husband was doing well and poppy was doing well. But they'd made a call that no matter what, we're going to serve him. And this is where champions are birthed in the garden of surrender. And every one of us is going to face our cross moment. The Bible says that you've got to pick up your cross, but you don't wait till the cross is on your shoulder. You you surrender to that moment here and now. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.